Welcome to another edition of the JP Hoops Podcast. As always, it's your boy Justin Pora. A lot of NBA stuff to cover from over the weekend. It's our last episode of the pod until after the All-Star break. Have something really fun coming to you with the great people of Book It Sports this Friday in lieu of a regular podcast episode. I'll get into that at the end of this podcast, but hang tight with me for now. I got to talk about my guys at Book It. We're putting on something really cool on Friday. They've been sticking by me since this podcast has teamed up with them. It is the best app for all things sports gambling. There is nowhere better to go. It has lines that you could post directly to your feed, and you could have people comment on them, tell you if you're crazy, tell you if they're tailing you, and you could ride the games out together. Book It Sports, get the app, follow them on Twitter, at HQ. And follow me on the Book It Sports app at Jaypora. It's great. It's wonderful. They're awesome people. And we got something really fun coming to you on Friday. Big NBA weekend this past weekend. The Nets finally lost a game. The Atlanta Hawks fired Lloyd Pierce as their head coach. The first head coaching change of the NBA season. I'll get into that, whether I thought it was a good decision or not. But first, we have to get in to the poor power rankings. It is March 2nd, recording this on Tuesday, March 2nd, 2.38 p.m. Eastern Time. And the poor power rankings has changed a lot. This is the first time we have a new number one seed. It's 4.0 of the power rankings. And I'll just remind everyone of what it was. At the beginning of February, it was the Lakers 1, the Sixers 2, the Clippers 3, the Utah Jazz 4, Brooklyn Nets 5, Denver Nuggets 6, Celtics 7, Bucks 8, Suns 9, Pacers 10. So, I'll tell you who falls out of the top 10, and that is the Indiana Pacers, that is the Boston Celtics, that is the Denver Nuggets. And the Celtics, yes, I kind of trashed them on the last podcast on Friday, They've been better ever since I've been talking bad about them. But still, I don't think they're better than the 10 teams that I see in front of me right now. And uh, I want to give an honorable mention because people are going to get on me about this, especially my friends from the great state of New York. The New York Knicks are on the outside looking in. They're getting there. Yes, first time this late in the season the New York Knicks are above 500. Since the 2013 season with Carmelo Anthony. But they're not there yet. I don't think they're better than the top 10 teams. Good for them that they're the number 4 seed. But, um, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit, Knicks fans. Can't You know what happens when you get your hopes up. You can't let this part-time success get the best of you. You know what it's like to struggle. Let's just work with it for a little bit. And we'll see how far it takes the New York Knicks. But I am thinking about them. Also, something I need to correct from my All-Star episode. Shout out my guy Bird for uh, bringing this up to me. I said that the last Knicks All-Star since Julius Randle got selected this year was Carmelo Anthony. Kristaps Porzingis, in his short tenure with the Knicks, was an All-Star. He did not play in the game because of an injury, but he was an All-Star. My guy corrected me on that. I felt the need to bring it up. 
prove I know what I'm talking about at least a little bit. But here we go. Poor power rankings 4.0 for the month of March before the All-Star break. Number 10. Now, I don't want anyone to call me out on being a homer or whatever it may be, but the Miami Heat have entered the top 10. They are number 10. Everyone, I think, remembers their most recent debacle was against the Golden State Warriors. They had, I believe it was a 16-point lead. They blew it all in the fourth quarter. Steph Curry just torched them in overtime after he couldn't hit the side of a barn from beyond the arc for three and a half quarters that game. But ever since that game on national television, they lose in heartbreaking fashion to Golden State. They've won their last six, including wins over the Lakers and over the Jazz in prime time. You know, they're starting to get healthy all together at the same time. Jimmy Butler missed the last game, but Tyler Hero is now back. Goran Dragic is now back. Kendrick Nunn is playing at an insanely high level. The only thing is they don't have a ton of depth in terms of their front court. I think that's something that might get addressed over, you know, trade deadline and waiver pickup time. But as of right now, the Heat have finally got back in the playoff picture. Now the number five seed in the Eastern Conference. They have been red hot after that loss to Golden State. And they deserve the recognition. They're starting to look like the team that made the NBA Finals a year ago. Number nine, a team that's not in the top eight in the Western Conference right now, but has gained a lot of momentum. I got the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic is starting to play like the MVP candidate everyone has expected him to be coming into the season. He was the number one betting favorite to win the MVP award coming in. And now, after starting off the season a little slow, they've been dealing with some injuries. Now he looks like he's back to who everyone expects him to be. They won seven of their last nine. They snapped the Nets winning streak. Of course, there was no Kyrie and KD in that game. But Saturday night, ABC, to win that game, no matter what, just, you know, with how good the Nets have been playing, Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis looking like a great one-two combination. As much as people want to crap all over Porzingis, he's averaging over 20 points per game this year, staying on the floor a little bit. The Mavericks are starting to mold into the team that we thought they were going to be coming into the season. It took them a little while to get there, and that might come back to bite them, but they're starting to pick up a lot of momentum, and I think that's going to be huge for them going into the second half of this NBA season. Number eight, the Portland Trailblazers have re-entered the top ten. I have them at number eight. They're keeping their head way more than above water with C.J. McCollum still out and just seeing that, you know, how good Damian Lillard is at carrying a team, carrying this franchise forever now, and they just continue to win basketball games. Carmelo Anthony is, you know, looking a little bit like his old self, providing a real spark uh, for a team that, you know, desperately needs it with the injuries that they have going on. And they picked up a big win against the Hornets last night. Yes, they lost four in a row before that game, but that was following a huge win streak as well. I believe it was seven games in a row. They won before that five-game losing streak, and then they get the big win last night on NBA TV. Put some respect on their name. CJ McCollum is going to come back, and I think this team is going to really start to mold into form. And look, you get get Nurkic back after the All-Star break too. So high hopes for the Trailblazers and with Damian Lillard, you always have to just put the respect on their name that they are going 
to be a tough out every single night. Number seven, only moving up one spot, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. They're hot, they're cold, they're one of the most confusing teams in the regular season, but I appreciate what Mike Budenholzer is doing, kind of testing out a lot of different things with this Bucks team so that they can get ready for the playoffs, and that is going to be the only time we could truly judge the Milwaukee Bucks this year. Can they win in the Eastern Conference? Can they come out and make an NBA final? It's yet to be proven. They, you know, went to six games with the Raptors in 2019. Outside of that, they haven't been particularly close in a long, long time. And assuming that this is the team they're going to go with, you have Drew Holiday back healthy. Now is the time to see what you can do in order to match up with the Sixers, the Heat, the Nets in these Eastern Conference playoffs. So I respect what they're doing, but they are not a top two team in the Eastern Conference right now. I have them at number seven in the NBA. Number six, moving all the way down from one, they held the top spot for December, for January, for February. And right now they're six, and that's because of the loss of Anthony Davis, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James is doing the most that he can to, you know, keep the Lakers from really going under. And still, they're the second seed in the Western Conference. You know, no one's catching the Jazz right now in the West. And to be able to stay above the Clippers and stay above the Blazers and the Suns is a tall task. And they're going to have to win some tight games. And look, we saw... The Lakers kind of pick apart Golden State on national TV the other night. They had a big win over the Trailblazers. You know, after Anthony Davis got hurt, they lost four of their last uh, five games right after that. Now they're on a two-game heater. They have a huge game tonight against the Phoenix Suns. It's going to be really interesting to see how that one goes down. DeAndre Ayton against no Anthony Davis. It's going to be Marcus All. But this team really misses AD. And... Kind of like what I just said with Budenholzer and the Bucks, the Lakers are going to keep Anthony Davis out if it means that he will be 100% for the postseason. That is their goal. After winning the finals last year and only having however many years of peak LeBron James left, the goal year in and year out is to win NBA championships, not worry about being the number one seed after the regular season. Again, with all things considered, how the next month is going to play out with no AD, the Lakers are sitting at number six. Right above them, I have the Los Angeles Clippers at number five. Not a top two team in the Western Conference to me. They seem vulnerable at times, and I think when the big moment starts to come, we saw it against the Bucks on Sunday. They kind of folded a little bit, but I think that they're starting to really kind of figure out their identity. And it was something that they really struggled with last season. And it's going to take a little while to figure out, but they need to figure it out fast. Paul George is having a career year. I mean, look at his shooting percentages out of this world, uh, almost shooting 50% from the field over 40% from three, you know, I think it's 89% from the stripe. Didn't have a great game against Milwaukee. They also have a big game tonight against the Boston Celtics, one that they're going to need to step up in. We need to see the Clippers at peak power in these big games because these are the best indications of what they're going to be in the playoffs. Paul George against the Bucks. You can't go into Milwaukee and shoot 2 of 10 from 3. Just unacceptable. 
when you are a player of your caliber. And Kawhi Leonard, you know, he's one of the best players in the world. He's not necessarily a make-the-team-around-you-better kind of guy. He's just an alpha on the floor and dominates his matchup on both ends. But the team around him just really needs to kind of get on his level in terms of improvement if they want to figure out how to win down the road and win these games against the top teams in the NBA. Number four, second team in the Western Conference, I have the Phoenix Suns. They beat every team that they're supposed to, which is what you have to do in the NBA, especially to keep pace in the Western Conference. And when they play good teams, teams that are in these top five power ranking conversations, they either beat them or play them really close. I think a lot of people saw what I said about Chris Paul is that I hate Chris Paul. I don't hate Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul either should have been a reserve over Anthony Davis or should have been the guy taking over Anthony Davis if, you know, he got injured, which is what Devin Booker wound up doing. He has changed the culture of this team. They figured it out. They now know that winning is an expectation rather than a celebration. They go into every game expecting to win. I think Chris Paul has given Devin Booker the confidence that he is one of the top young players in the game. I think DeAndre Ayton is really starting to come into his own as a big man in this league. And I think a lot of that has to do with Chris Paul just kind of managing the entire team. They have a lot of good young shooters around one of the best backcourts in the entire NBA, probably the second best backcourt in the NBA behind what's going on in Brooklyn. And I think that they're going to be a scary out in the playoffs. And for any good team that rolls in the Phoenix, have an amazing game with the Lakers tonight. I'm very excited for it. Number three, the Philadelphia 76ers moving down one spot. They're still the first seed in the Eastern Conference. They still have one of the best one-two punches in the league. I love Ben Simmons, one of my favorite players in basketball. And they've been scoring with teams. Look, they just put up 130 on the Pacers. Ben Simmons, while he can't shoot and everyone wants to go after him for that, he can score 25 points at absolute will. And Joel Embiid is damn near unstoppable under the basket. He's great. I think Doc Rivers has them coached up really well. And they've been missing shooters. Now they have shooters. And when they're on, they're on. So I really don't see many teams, especially in that Eastern Conference, messing with Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers, who also are one of the better defensive teams in the league as well. Number two, a team everyone has fallen in love with, and I watched them against the Lakers earlier this week, and I just fall in love with them more and more every day, and it's the Utah Jazz. I think their ceiling is very, very questionable because they don't have a Kevin Durant, a LeBron James, a James Harden, a Giannis. But they have so many good players that it honestly doesn't seem like it matters, at least at this stage in the NBA season. Donovan Mitchell, no doubt about it, all-star. Rudy Gobert, no doubt about it, all-star. Jordan Clarkson, no doubt about it, sixth man of the year. And I think as of right now, no doubt about it, Quinn Snyder, coach of the year. They are top five in offense, top five in defense. And they just continue to get it done against all of these great teams. 
One of the better games coming up tomorrow night. I'll get into the schedule later. They play the Philadelphia 76ers, one seed versus one seed. And, you know, they uncharacteristically, wow, I got that word out really well, uncharacteristically lost a couple games over the last week, lost to the Pelicans, lost to the Heat, a couple of teams really starting to find their stride. But I think with the way they score and the way they defend, game in and game out, no team wants to see the Utah Jazz in the playoffs. And look, it's going to be really hard for them to replicate what they've done in this first half of the season as opposed to the second half of the season. But I think it earns them the right to be the top seed in the Western Conference and the number two team in the NBA right now. But number one, no doubt about it in my mind right now, it's the Brooklyn Nets. They're on this incredible winning streak that was snapped against Dallas the other night, but they, you know, almost blew it against the Spurs Monday night. They were able to, you know, get in the overtime and win that game and win it convincingly by 11 points. Kyrie Irving with a terrible missed layup at the end of the game, and then they just fell apart defensively in that last sequence. But, I mean, this team's incredible. You know, and they're doing it all without Kevin Durant, who's a top three player on the planet. Uh, you know, Kyrie Irving surrendering point guard duties to James Harden. This is the first time I really feel like in James Harden's career, he looks like a leader on the basketball floor. We knew that he was the main guy in Houston. He was the number one player. And he was, you know, even mainly the point guard there, despite having Russ and Chris Paul as well. But... Now he is the floor general. He's telling guys where to be in offensive sets. He's finding everyone the ball. He is incredible with the basketball in his hands. And now he kind of looks like he's okay with giving the ball up because he knows the ceiling for this team and he knows the talent around them. And again, doing this all without Kevin Durant is the most impressive part about it because I don't think there's anyone who would argue that if you throw him into the fold, that only makes them better because he knows how to play with a superstar team. He knows how to pick his spots and, and let these elite-level guards operate Hall of Fame-level guards like he did with Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. And a team that's won nine of their last ten, going into the All-Star break red hot, it's going to be really, really hard to take down the Brooklyn Nets. So they're the number one seed, poor power rankings, one through ten. Brooklyn Nets, Utah Jazz, Philly 76ers, Phoenix Suns, the Clippers, the Lakers of Los Angeles, at seven, the Bucks, the Trailblazers, the Mavericks, and my Miami Heat sitting at number 10. You want to berate me on Twitter? At jpora 24 Hit me on the Book and Sports app, at jpora. I feel really good about this list. Surely, I bet everyone agrees with me 100%. Wink, wink. But... To me, these are the top 10 teams in the league. I think Brooklyn is way ahead of the pack. They're getting better on defense. They're at least trying to play defense now. And the offense is just easily the best offense I've seen since, you know, peak dynasty Golden State Warriors. All right, let's get into the first coaching change of this NBA season. And it's Lloyd Pierce. Fired after two and a half years now with the Atlanta Hawks. He never had a winning record with the team. So you kind of understand that you have Trey Young, you have all this young talent around them. They were aggressive in free agency. 
this past offseason. They got the guys. Yes, there have been some injury problems, but it was expected now that this team would make a run at the postseason, and they're just simply not doing that. I understand that maybe Lloyd Pierce isn't the guy when you have that many losing seasons and you know nothing's really changing. You have the franchise guy in Trey Young, and he's supposed to produce wins. You go out, you get a Gallinari, you get a Rondo, you get a Bogdanovich. So I understand what's going on. But I also think it's fair to point out that the general manager of the Hawks isn't getting enough blame for what's going on. Travis Schleck, been with the team since 2017, and his first major move, 2018 draft, you make a trade with the Dallas Mavericks, you have the number three pick, you take Luka, and you trade him for Trey Young, and a pick that becomes Cam Reddish. And look, Cam Reddish is a player, averages over 10 points a game, critical in this youth movement that they're doing. And look, I was the first one to say, I never hated the trade for either team when it was Luka for Trey Young. I think Dallas, after showing it with Dirk, has proven to be a great place for an international player to grow into a leader, into a superstar. And that's exactly what Luka Doncic is doing. And I think Trey Young is a perfect fit for the culture of Atlanta and everything they're you know, trying to build into basketball over there. But the fact of the matter is, Trey Young, in terms of a player, is nowhere close to Luka Doncic. He's amazing. Luka Doncic is a starter in the All-Star game for a second straight year. He's first-team All-NBA last year. He has a really good chance of being first-team All-NBA again this season. And Trey Young didn't make the All-Star game. And Luka Doncic is winning games for his team. They made the playoffs last year. They're probably going to make it this year. The Atlanta Hawks are still losing basketball games. Why is no one blaming the general manager, Travis Schlenk, 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 I think it is. But what kind of name is that? And this team stinks. And they continue to stink. And look, he threw his eggs into this basket. Trey Young's young. And you need to get veteran players around him to grow the team. And the team's not getting any better. You have to imagine how different the Hawks would look if they had Doncic over Trey Young. So I think a lot of the blame should go his way. But I do understand the firing. I'm not hating against it. They promote Nate McMillan, who was on the staff, the head coach of the Pacers last year, who made the playoffs with the Pacers. They got swept in the first round, but they were a four seed. And now he's going to be the head coach. So interesting to see if there will be any drastic changes to Atlanta now, especially with you know guys feeling a little better, getting less banged up in the second half of the season to come because this team needs to start winning basketball games and not waste you know, the youth years of Trey Young when they're not paying him as much as they're going to be paying him in a couple of years. Uh, let's do a little recap from Monday night. We had Melo versus LaMelo, and it's a very interesting debate because it's two different generations of basketball, right? I'm 22 years old. I also went to Syracuse University. So I, and on top of all that, I'm from Long Island. You know, grew up around a lot of Knicks fans. And Carmelo Anthony is a huge deal to my basketball life. 
because he went to Syracuse, won a national championship in the one year he was there, best one and done ever. Then he gets taken after LeBron James in the 2003 draft. The Nuggets go to a Western Conference Finals. He comes to New York. He's the best player on the Knicks I've seen in my life. And I think a lot of my friends have seen in their lives on this team. And then after that, he kind of fell out of it, went to the Thunder. Now the Blazers, he was on the Rockets. He became kind of a journeyman. But now he's playing well again. He had 29 points last night as the Blazers beat the Hornets 123-111. But now, a new generation of basketball is starting to come in. And the leader, along with Zion Williamson from last year, is the rookie LaMelo Ball. And he was great last night. 30 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. He's been scoring, I think, 20 points in his last 8 games now. He is ridiculous. He is the future of the Hornets. He is going to be a great player in this league, as well as, I think, his brother Lonzo. But when people say Mello, I hear these 13-year-old kids chirping all over Twitter, Oh, Mello, you mean LaMelo Ball. And then there's the guys that are my age and older. It's like, whoa, 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 kids, slow down. If you're saying mellow, you mean Carmelo Anthony. So I'll be completely honest. Outside of the Syracuse National Championship, I've never been a Carmelo guy. I think he's, you know, a volume scorer. And I think, you know, he could go one-on-one with pretty much anybody. He still can. But I just don't think that's how basketball is supposed to be played right now. It's less threes, more long mid-range jump shots, which are statistically the worst shot you can take in the NBA. And, you know, he was never really a defender. But overall, I think the line has to be drawn at 2003, the year Carmelo Anthony was drafted. If you were born before 2003, actually, we'll up that up. Let's say 2006. If you were born before 2006, Mello is Carmelo Anthony. And I think Carmelo Anthony, who I would call Mello as I was born in 1998, I think he's got, let's call it, a year and a half left in the league. He has the half of this year, and then next year he'll go out with the parade and the balloons and such. But after 2006, if you want to call LaMelo Ball Mello, go right ahead. Because I think this kid is special. And I think he's going to be worthy of that crown. And it looked like Monday night, they did the jersey swap. The picture was taken. Carmelo is more than okay with giving up that crown to this kid. And he's going to be something really, really special. And I think the entire basketball world is on notice of that. And I think the conversation between Melo versus LaMelo, who's the real Melo, is overblown. You know, if... LaMelo Ball has the career that Carmelo Anthony had. That's a very, very successful career. It's going to get him in the Hall of Fame. So that's what I think about it. I think it's dumb. But, you know, let's appreciate Carmelo Anthony while he's still around and then really start to take notice of the kid from Charlotte named LaMelo. All right, the let's just talk about the dunk contest a little bit. It's not a completely solidified uh, group yet, but Obi Toppin of the Knicks... Anthony Simons of the Trailblazers and Cassius Stanley, rookie for the Pacers out of Duke, are all confirmed going to be in the dunk contest. Obi Toppin is a very good in-stride, in-game dunker. 
I'm very interested to see the creativity that'll come in the dunk contest. It's going to be really, really, really weird that it's halftime of the All-Star game. I'm still not 100% sure how this is going to look. I think it's the skills and three-point contest before the game. Then the first half gets played. Then the dunk contest, which right now is only three people. Then the second half of the game with an Elam ending at the end. Durant and LeBron still haven't drafted teams. It's going to be a circus show, but it's going to be something that I am very much into. I'm going to have a lot of fun watching it. Haven't seen a game, you know, with the lightheartedness of the All-Star game be played since coronavirus happened. So, again, like I said, let's not worry about anything. And it's going to be, you know, for a good cause, donations to HBCUs going to be made all Sunday. Let's enjoy it while it's here. The All-Star break, a nice little refresher, and it'll get us ready for the second half of the season. But if I have to pick right now, Cassius Stanley from Duke. I mean, I've seen him throw down some grown man slams at college. So I'll go with him to win the dunk contest, even though I really have no idea. I don't think anybody does because uh, these aren't, you know, your typical big name dunk guys. But it'll be fun either way. Let's not look at it as glass half empty. Glass half full. It's going to be a ton of fun. Open the week. Uh, this is a hard one to pick, but I have to go with the video of LeBron James. Uh, so LeBron James is known for being great at a lot of things through his professional basketball career. The one thing he's never really been able to, you know, get over is that his hair is the worst in NBA history. First it was the hairline, then the bald spot came in, and he's not really shaving it. So now, early last week, you know, his hair started getting a little nappy. It was sticking up from the top of his head. And and the camera caught a really bad shot of it just sticking up, right? A little fuzz on the top right near the ball spot. And you have Dennis Schroeder and another teammate on the Lakers telling LeBron, yo, brush that hair down, man. You got to fix that. And it, it was just so funny to see that the old guy, he still can't get over this hair thing, man. It was something before he was winning NBA titles that said, how is a dude with this hairline ever going to win a chip? And then people started forgetting about it, but everyone remembers the 2013 finals when the headband came off in game six and he just got absolutely exposed. It's a really tough look. And now he's not been wearing the headband, you know, since he went back to Cleveland and uh, it's not getting any better. I don't know why he doesn't shave it. And that goes for Kevin Durant, too, and his nappy-ass hair. It needs to get fixed. Uh, but, you know, it's just funny. You got to, you know, pick apart these guys somehow, right? They're so alpha athletic, uh, best guys in their sport. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're humans just like us. So, so it's really funny to laugh at. And, um, I, you know, just to see LeBron James get, you know, put down by his teammates, who's got his back. It's uh, it's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. All right, so schedule for the week. Coming up to the All-Star break, obviously, All-Star game. Sunday night, March 7th. Tonight, Tuesday, March 2nd, TNT Double had a really good one. Uh, Clippers going to Boston, taking on the Celtics. After that, Suns-Lakers. Really good game there. I'm not quite sure how it'll play out. Again, no Anthony Davis. 
for the Lakers. I think that Phoenix will really be able to get theirs inside, and Chris Paul is going to know how to manage that game. ESPN doubleheader on Wednesday night. Brooklyn at Houston. James Harden returned to Houston. Will be some fans in the arena. Going to be very interesting to see how they receive him uh, after that. Warriors Portland on ESPN. Game not on national TV. And I would have 100% bumped the Nets-Rockets game if not for the Harden thing. Utah taking on Philly. Top two seeds in the NBA from the Eastern and Western Conference. And Thursday night, uh, only one game on TNT. A great game for me, at least as a Heat fan. Uh, The Heat taking on the New Orleans Pelicans in NOLA. Uh, Two teams that have been starting to get really hot towards the end of the first half of the season. Zion Williamson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram. A lot of star power, a lot of young, good players that will be in that game. And that will take us into All-Star Weekend. So, I've been teasing this from the last episode and this episode now. Got some really fun coming to you guys on Friday. I'm teamed up with the guys over at Book It Sports. And I will be hosting an NBA trivia contest. It will be a couple of guys over from the Book It Sports team. I believe they're taking on a couple of NBA handicappers that also work with Book It Sports I'm going to be coming up with the questions, and I will be hosting the show. It's going to be broadcasted live on Twitter. There will be a podcast episode made after it, but there will be a visual that I will suggest you all watch. I'm very excited for it. Figured it's a little fun thing to do to take us into the All-Star break uh, and, you know, test everyone's trivia mind over at Book It, who I've been working with now for a couple of months. So I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be different, a lot of fun. Uh, I love trivia. I'm happy to be coming up with these questions. I'm learning a lot just by putting it together. So I can't imagine what it's going to look like when, you know, some self-proclaimed NBA experts are going to be taking it to Twitter and I'm going to be putting them on the spot. So be on the lookout for that on Friday. More details on that to come, but it's going to be a ton of fun. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for sticking around with me for the first half of this NBA season. And I can't wait for this trivia episode coming to you on Friday. But until then, I'll talk to you guys later. Appreciate y'all.